The Automotive News Canada podcast is brought to you by Diamond Coat. Did you know Diamond Coat has a 96% claims approval rate? This translates into happy customers and repeat service business. But really, you get much, much more when you become a Diamond Coat dealer. Advantages like in-house chemical manufacturing, product fulfillment, bilingual claims support, and a highly experienced team with decades of F&I experience. Visit diamondk-o-t-e.com to get started. Diamond Coat, we've got you covered. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the June 24th, 2022 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. Inventory in short supply, demand through the roof, sometimes two, three, even four potential buyers for one new vehicle. And profit margins are up if you're a dealer. So, how does a dealer or sales manager measure success of themselves and their team when selling new vehicles doesn't take quite as much effort as it once might have? We'll get the answer to that question and learn what dealers and sales teams should be doing now in order to prepare for a time when fully stocked lots return. All that and more when I speak with Jeff Williams of Absolute Results on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Jeff, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you again, Greg. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Um, We are in some wild times. Uh, Not a lot of inventory, a ton of demand. In this situation, how do you really measure the success of a sales team when demand is far outstripping the supply? (laughs) That's a great question, Greg. You know, you certainly can't use the traditional measurement of gross profit and sales volume. Because, you know, we are in a unique time that's, we all know, likely not to last. Like, when before have dealers seen sales drop in volume significantly and then their profits double? (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, perhaps a better measurement is how many sales a dealer has in their pipeline. You know, do they have six months worth of new car volume and sold orders? That's like a new way to measure it, isn't it? I mean, when you, you want to know what's coming rather than what's on your lot, right? Totally. You know, and we're not talking looking years ahead, but months. I mean, every order in a pipeline represents a future sale, a customer who's not going to defect, a future trade-in, and potentially three years of warranty work, depending on where you live and maybe even some winter tires, et cetera. So the potential of a a sold order, it's substantial for a dealer. And, you know, if you don't have a pipeline of orders, you know, it might seem like you're winning today on your financial statement, but you're failing for tomorrow. Because I promise you, there are dealers across Canada that do have three, four, five, six months of sold orders. And when the inventory returns, they'll fill those orders and they'll capture pent-up demand. So in this situation where you mentioned it, you know, your sales are down by a third, you're doubling your gross profit. Every dealer I speak to probably says things similar to you that, hey, things are good. We're making money. We're not crying poor. We're not hurting. So it seems, and I hate to say it, it seems kind of easy right now because you're selling everything you're getting. Do managers tend to get lazy in these circumstances where they don't have to work as hard because there is such demand and the customer is so ready, willing, and able to buy? Well, you know, I think it's human nature for all of us when times are really good that we naturally get a little bit lazy or take shortcuts. But I think the antidote to this, Greg, is first we have to be honest with ourselves and admit that, you know, the high profits of today 
they're primarily a result of factors outside of our control. I mean, if it wasn't for the low inventory, two or more buyers for every vehicle, we wouldn't be selling virtually everything at or above MSRP. So if we're aware of that and we own that, then we can think, okay, what's the opportunity cost? So as an example, I mentioned the power of having sold orders in your pipeline. Well, when you have those sold orders, your pipeline, your portfolio is growing. It's not shrinking. And so imagine your volume is down 30%, but where are those customers who would normally buy, would normally renew? Uh, They're not all going to wait for your inventory to come back. Some have already defected. Some have already bought from another dealer or brand. And then here's a neat thought. This came out of a conversation with a dealer last week. How many of every dealer's customers have already made a reservation or put a deposit on a Tesla, a Rivian, a VinFast, a Lucid? So they could even be driving your product and they've already mentally and financially defected. It's just a matter of time. God's honest truth. I've never thought of that. It might be a good time to be a new player in this because you're simply offering what everyone else is offering right now, a spot in line. Wouldn't that be the case if you are a Rivian or a VinFast? Sure it would. And you know what? It's almost a different game. That's almost where the dealers have a little bit of a disadvantage because most dealers' customers, they're used to going to the store, you know, picking out of a good selection and driving home in something that's pretty close to what they wanted. Uh, But now they go to a dealer and and, and they have to wait weeks or months or longer, whereas most of the EV startups, people are expecting to wait. I mean, (laughs) the Cybertruck reservations opened two and a half years ago and people are going to wait another year. So the expectation is even different, which is Something dealers have to overcome, which is why we're telling dealers, reach out to your customers, share that the market has changed, bring them in way ahead of when you normally would and start talking about their options. You know, but that's counterintuitive. Sales teams often say, well, why should I call a customer when I have nothing to sell? Well, call them to secure an order for the future and to educate them about the market so they're not upset with you when they come in expecting to drive home. That's a good point. You know, this is all new. Is it difficult to stay focused on best practices and good sales tactics when demand is outstripping supply and when margins are so high. I just wonder how those factors are affecting what managers and owners do and how they act. Well, of course it affects. It affects all of us. That's that's the reality we're living in right now today in our whirlwind, right? Even to make it worse, you know, the dealers have been able to cut back on everything from marketing and staffing, you know, and yet they're making more money by cutting back. But I think, you know, Greg, there's a lot of good dealers across the country, and more and more dealers, when I talk to them, they're starting to mentally prepare for more challenging times. You know, I was with a group of dealers, and we were discussing kind of just the next six to 12 months, and the conversation was basically around three questions. The dealers were basically saying, well, what are we going to do when inventory comes back and our sales team has kind of developed some bad habits? They're used to order taking. All of a sudden, we have to attack the market. You know, what are we going to do if a recession comes or the economy even falters and our marketing costs go through the roof? And what are we going to do if, God forbid, the OEM increases their volume targets and maybe even decreases some of their support on floor plan and marketing because they think we made too much money? (laughs) And and those are, are great questions for us to ask and just to kind of reframe our perspective so we're not caught off guard as things change and so we're ready for the future. How difficult is it for a dealer right now to deal with those three questions? Because what business likes is certainty and right now it's certain that we don't have inventory and things are good but there's uncertainty coming in those three questions you just asked how difficult is it to plan for the future how far out are they planning given these situations 
Well, you know, again, more and more dealers are, are getting to that awareness here, and they're starting to look back at their processes and look at their people, because I think everybody intuitively knows that the future is going to look different. It's going to be more customer-centric. There is going to be more competition in the market. We're going to have to, when I say fight for business, but fight for business in the right way, not just by being uber-aggressive, by having good people and good, good processes and really helping people understand all this new product that's coming. Because let's face it, EVs are coming, hybrids are here, and it's not just a vehicle a product change, it's a lifestyle change as well. So there's certainly an awareness among dealers. I have more dealers reaching out saying, hey, what, how do we prepare? You know, but it means preparing lots of things. It means lots of changes potentially. You know, even looking at sales team structure, even looking at compensation models. We'll be right back after this short break. If you're a car dealer today, odds are you're facing a lot of new realities when it comes to reaching your customers. With inventory shortages, a shift towards buying cars online, selling a new vehicle isn't easy. Every touchpoint counts, whether it's online or in person. Let Diamond Co. work with you to make those kinds of connections in this ever-changing world. Diamond Co. is committed to our dealers by partnering with national digital retailers, making it simple for you to include our products onto your website, completing your end-to-end digital retail offering. We will work with your team to ensure your F&I product suite is complete, driving customers back to your dealership for test drives and finalizing the deal. Enabling a smooth transition online to an in-person visit is the kind of commitment that has made Diamond Coat Canada's most trusted warranty provider for automotive dealers, manufacturers, and customers alike. And remember, Diamond Coat offers the most comprehensive line of products and programs all available through one company, a true one-stop shop. For more information about our products, visit diamondk-o-t-e.com. Diamond Coat, we've got you covered. Welcome back to the podcast where I'm speaking with Jeff Williams of Absolute Results. How is the traditional compensation model affected by this current situation and does it change short-term long-term, forever? I, I just wonder how it is changed now and where it goes. Well, any automotive expert you talk to talk about two big changes coming to automotive retail. They talk about the footprints shrinking, for example, the size of stores, but then they talk about the formats changing. And, and that's referring to kind of the, the digital sales experience and the online, offline customer experience. Now, let me give you an example of how that lands when it comes to compensation plans. You know, and it's an example of the change to formats. We all know that the majority of traffic starts digitally, right? And so good dealers are investing big time in BDCs and digital sales teams, yet they're still paying a substantial percent of gross profit to a salesperson who in today's world overcomes some objections, basically by saying, if you don't like it, someone else will take it (laughs) and takes the order, right? And maybe today that works. You know, but not when gross profit normalizes, you can't pay that same sales team a 20 or 25% commission and then pay an override to the sales manager and then pay 7 to 10% to F&I and then pay for a highly skilled BDC or digital sales team, the ones who actually engage with that customer for 14 days, 25, 30 times to get them in the store and then pay a marketing budget as well. That's not sustainable. When gross profit drops, there'll be nothing left for the dealer. So the model absolutely has to change. How do you see it changing? We have seen dealers just go to straight salary and and hourly wages. Those are few and far between. What do you see as the new model? What changes do get made 
to make it better for the dealer and sustainable? Well, one of the mindset and business changes that has to happen is in, in the industry, we have overvalued conversion. I mean, every salesperson, manager, just about I know it can brag about their conversion or their cozy rate and how good they are converting. But really, the currency of the future is appointments and opportunities. You know, a sales team that can come to work and make appointments every day and create some traffic so they're not completely reliant on a highly skilled BDC. If you can create those opportunities, we'll convert. I mean, you know, especially if customers coming on an appointment, we're prepared, we can be ready, we can deliver a great experience. So it's a mindset saying that the ability to create opportunities and deliver a great experience is actually more valuable than simple conversion skills. So when you look at developing your sales team, and I'll give you an example, and, and this is a global example. You go to Europe, you go to Asia Pacific, Australia, New Zealand, and, and sales team members, they get a base salary. That may not be huge, but it's equivalent to, say, $3,500 Canadian. And then they get bonuses based on volume. Well, what I've been teaching those dealers and markets to do is when you give your sales professional a salary, tell them I'm not just giving it to you to show up. I'm giving you that salary because you're a portfolio manager. You're going to have for six or 800 customers that I expect you to spend 90 minutes each day reaching out to engaging, even though they're not maybe going to buy this month. It might be next month or next year. So you manage that portfolio. So half of your business comes out of that, that book of business. You're creating 50% of your own opportunities by taking good care of my customers, right? And then our BDC, our marketing will bring you the other half. And so you've got, you've got contribution on the opportunity side as well as the conversion side. Does that make sense? It totally does. And, and you, you, know, you mentioned something that I've heard in the past. If someone's making an appointment to come into the showroom or to come in to visit the salesman, there's a really good chance that they're buying a vehicle, right? You don't have to, I don't want to say you don't have to work hard to make the sale, but I mean, they're there for a reason. They're not kicking tires. And it was especially true, I think, oh. during the pandemic when we were all in lockdown and weren't allowed to leave, but dealers were open because they were allowed to be. And if you were showing up, you probably needed a vehicle, right? Well, 100%. You know, I was talking to a, a large metro dealer and he was saying to me, he said, Jeff, we've got this appointment thing dialed right now. And he said, you know, he says, I appreciate my skilled veterans that have been around a while and a long time in the business. But he said, you, you give me a rookie salesperson who's got appointments coming in, who's preparing for those appointments and a manager who's active on the floor, helping that new salesperson deliver a great experience. He's prepared for the customer, for their trade-in and with uh, some options to show them. He said, that rookie with the sales manager's help with appointments, he'll close <laughs> as good or not higher than that veteran who's the expert closer, right? So that's a mentality as well. That's a more customer-centric approach. And we're seeing dealers that are going, hey, this is part of my future. You know, there's a couple kind of big keys that as, as dealers talk to us at Absolute Results about preparing for the future, there, there's two or three things that we're recommending, right, that they focus on. What are your suggestions to focus on moving forward in the future? Go ahead. Give me the list. I, I would like to know because it is changing. Well, it is. And we're learning these things and developing these with our dealer partners. And we're so, so, so glad to have literally hundreds of dealerships across Canada and around others around the world that are taking these concepts and, and building them out with us, right? But one of them is that appointment culture. Does your sales team come to work every member with two appointments every day, right? That's, that's magic. I don't care what's happening with the economy, the inventory, the competitiveness of your product. If everybody shows up to work with one appointment to a previous customer and one to a new prospect, that team is going to win. That's key. The second is just back to basics, you know, things like test drives and quality time with a customer in the showroom. Those are all indicators that your sales team is selling value. 
that they're giving the customers a full MSRP experience <laughs> in today's world, and that those skills, those soft skills of customer interaction are happening in your showroom. You've spent millions on this beautiful branded showroom. Now let's make sure that we deliver the experience in that showroom. So the second is, is back to basics. And, and probably the third is a, a focus on portfolio management. All right, how the dealer develop their portfolio process. And, and by that, Greg, I mean, can a dealer look at their database of customers, be it 8,000, 10,000, 15,000, and within reason predict every month how many customers they'll renew? Can they put a number of sales to past customers each month in the bank? Because they know every month they have X number of customers engage in a digital conversation with their team, X number engage in a physical conversation, so many who have appointments with the sales team, and, and so many customers coming in the service drive, right? And that gives them a solid book of recurring business to build on every month so they're not starting over having to buy new business every month. I'm curious, do you see this industry ever getting back to quote-unquote normal where you have cars on lots for as far as the eye can see and sales staff has to actually work hard to follow a lead and land a sale and, and go out into the lot for, you know, try and reel in someone who's kicking the tires or is this order and weight model and low inventory here to stay? Well, you know, Greg, as we've said, we're living in very different times, but let me just, just share a thought with you. Here, sure. Okay. For a moment, let's forget EVs. Okay. <laughs> let's forget the microchip shortage. Let's forget Tesla and heck let's even forget the pandemic. Let's only look at one thing, the new competition, the 25 new brands and 100 new models that are hitting our market, Rivian, Lucid, VinFast, Neo, Fisker, Faraday, Byton, Scout, just to name a few, and even Apple. Now, whatever their automotive play is, whatever it is, there's one thing we all know. They're all after the dealer's customers. All of them are. So coming to work to wait for customers, whether it's to place an order or to browse your lot, or even fighting your OEM to protect your franchise agreement, that's not going to protect you from the real competition because that's the real competition. That's a fantastic point. And man, when you when you read the laundry list of competition that is coming, man, I've never really heard it read that way, but that is a lot of new competition. Oh, it is. It's huge. It's huge. But yet you've got good dealers that have good people that just need to tweak their process, that just need to kind of shift their mindset a little bit future focused to say, we've got 10, 12, 15,000 customers. We have 80, 90 customers coming to my service drive every day. How do we just create incredible experience and processes? How do we communicate on a regular basis so we're their trusted advisor moving forward? That they come to me and say, hey, I was thinking of placing an order on a cyber truck, but you know, it looks kind of weird and it's been two and a half years and there's going to be delays. And yeah, hey, have that conversation and then share what your brand is doing and how you're going to help them and how even if there is a two-year wait for your EV, hey, why don't we get you something in the meanwhile to drive and let's get you on the order list and I'll reach out every 60, 90 days and let you know, you know what's coming and how it's progressing. So what can dealers and their staff take from today's environment and apply when changes or normal or new competition finally arrive? Well, it's kind of like spring training season in Major League Baseball. <laughs> the teams that win don't spend their spring training season, you know, lying on the beach and drinking Cronus. <laughs> forget the expression, right? Right. But now is the time to get your processes on digital sales nailed, your processes on showroom guest experience, portfolio management put in place so that when the inventory starts to come back, the economy starts to slow or the used car market starts to drop, which it has, and the pressure on the things that you're holding as your treasure today, volume and gross profit, when the pressure on those increase, you know, 
and it flips the reality of today's measure of success, you're ready and you're not too slow to react. So we'll end on this. Online and digital retailing has ramped up over the course of the pandemic. That's no secret. What kind of wrinkle does that present moving forward in terms of measuring success? And you kind of touched on it earlier about that team, that digital team is sort of maybe becoming more important than we ever thought it would. So what does digital and online retailing do to the process moving forward? Well, you asked about what kind of wrinkle that presents. And, mm-hmm. and here's where we keep getting fooled. Okay, we keep thinking it's a technology race. It's not, Greg. It's a customer experience race. Now, of course, we need a digital retailing platform. Of course, the customer needs to be able to build and price and, and see what's available. And they need to be able to see their trade value. The basic, that's table stakes, right? Mm-hmm. But if we don't have an awareness and a commitment that we're going to combine high touch with high tech, all we'll do is overspend on shiny new technology that we never fully use and we'll miss chasing the real success measure. And quite frankly, that's retention. You know, one of the big keys, I believe, in the future, one of the big keys to success is keeping more of your customers, especially when there's 25 new brands going after them, but then getting them to renew more often. In essence, taking your customer portfolio and turning it into an engine of deals that month over month over month produces sales that keeps our service department busy. And this is a crazy thought, but quite frankly, if we can build that model, right, it would even maybe cause new brands coming into the market to say, wow, I'm coming into the Canadian market with XYZ product. I want you, Mr. Dealer Dealer Group, to represent my product in your market. Why? Because I can trust you to take care of my brand's customers because you not only sell them once, you sell them again and again and again. Jeff, it is always wonderful to have you on the, the podcast. The time flies by. The information is, <laughs> is so deep and so interesting and so accurate and useful to our audience. So I, I appreciate it very much. Oh, it's a pleasure indeed, Greg. A great market, great dealers, exciting times ahead for us all and happy to contribute. I want to thank Jeff for being my guest this week. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.